And welcome back to BearCast Media's Bengals Weekly Reaction Show on this Monday, November the 16th of 2020. I'm your host, Alex Frank, filling in for Justin Cashman, Preston Stober. Hurricane Preston back from Cleveland today. He'll tell you all about his experience yesterday at the Browns game that was delayed at the start due to, I don't know what you're going to call it, but this is a Bengals show. Uh, the Browns won yesterday. They did what they needed to do. But the Bengals, um, they did not do what they were supposed to do. If the objective here is to win, or it could be that you just want to get blown out 36-10. to 10. Now, Preston, you claimed you didn't watch the game yesterday. I feel thankful for you because I, I went through a three-hour mentally draining experience. <laughs> um, so, just... I'll let you start whatever you can... Uh, rattle off here before I um, say what I need to say. Yeah, well, I mean, as you mentioned, I was I had the opportunity to go to the Browns game yesterday, which was a, a very wild experience weather-wise at some points. Um, and, yeah, I was on my way back to Cincinnati at the time of the game, so I was keeping up with it, but I wasn't able to watch. Um, but whether you're watching or you're keeping up with it on your phone, just a disappointing game, I think I think you can definitely look at. I mean, this was kind of, I think, Joe Burrow's second humbling experience as a quarterback. Not that he needs any humbling experience with his attitude, but um, yeah, just just kind of a disappointing game. I mean, we, we, we know what Pittsburgh is. I mean, obviously, they're the last undefeated team left in the NFL. But, I mean, you, you really want to kind of just, just play more respectful than that. I mean, get a better score, you know, gain some more respect for you in the NFL if you're a team in the Bengals trying to um, really just earn respect throughout the league. Uh, and then, I mean, you just look kind of throughout the, throughout the stats. I mean, it really was just a, a, other than one man on the offensive side, T. Higgins, I think it was kind of just an underwhelming performance for everybody. Um, and I, I think that obviously, I mean, I, I know that I saw you got you and Justin both um, expected the Bengals to win this game. I, I, I thought it would be a close game, honestly. Boy, were we wrong. <laughs> I thought the Steelers would win. I thought it would be a close game, so I was very wrong, too, in my, in my expectations of the game. But... Just, uh, just disappointing. Just disappointing game. Let me be very, very clear with what's about to happen, what I'm about to say, and that that should never have happened yesterday. And you know what would have prevented it? Coaching. I made a bad radio decision just now to start the show by mentioning the Cleveland Browns. But actually, we can learn something here from the Cleveland Browns. <coughs> the Browns did what they were supposed to do yesterday because they did what they know how to do best, Preston, which is run the football. Mm-hmm. Nick Chubb, in his first game back from injury in six weeks, 19 carries, 126 yards, and a touchdown. Kareem Hunt, 19 carries, 104 yards. So the two running backs, who might make up the best running back tandem in the NFL, by the way. 38 carries for 230 yards and a touchdown in a 10-7 game. In a game that demanded that the Browns run the football. And oh, by the way, the Cleveland Browns had a bye week similar to the Bengals. So both teams were on a bye last week. And the Browns were able to, with all the extra time, Figure out, okay, how are we going to beat the Houston Texans? Now, the Texans aren't very good to begin with, but they still had a game plan committed to running the football. And look what it did. 230 yards of rushing. And the Browns win a game that demanded that they run the football in. 
And no wonder that the league's best rushing offense is now all of a sudden 6-3. It's a miracle. But then, but then the Bengals, with all of this talent in the world, Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, Gio Bernard, Samaj P. Ryan, an offensive line that was being praised out the wazoos the previous weeks. They had a bye week to get ready for the 8-0 Steelers, and the Steelers were coming in. Maybe a little bit reeling because they had to claw their way back against the Ravens in a game they should have lost. They barely beat the Cowboys where, as Justin mentioned, the Cowboys were starting a practice squad quarterback. And what happens yesterday? The Bengals get beat 36-10 and they had two weeks to prepare and they put up that performance against that football team and they are who we thought they were and we took the damn field against them yesterday. Pardon for me going at Dennis Green here. I'm standing up, by the way, as I'm making this, this, this rant here. And here's the thing. Here's the thing. The previous two weeks, I have been very, you know, calm. I've been very, you know, laid back. I've been chill. But today, ladies and gentlemen, listen, I am sick and tired of, lo of losing to that football team from that city because they out-physical us every damn time we play them. I, I almost let loose a word I shouldn't mention here. It's very, very difficult to not um, say those words today. But it's week, it's game after game after game. This is now, this is now 11 consecutive games against that football team from that city of Pittsburgh, and they have just bullied us the every single game. I mean, you, you, you want to look at some numbers? You want to look at some numbers from yesterday's game? Let's look at some numbers from yesterday's game that explain why. This was just such an embarrassment yesterday. So, first off, the score, 36-10. to 10. I mean, please, this is now, this is now, we played two games, one each against the Steelers and the Ravens, who, as we mentioned, Preston, are the trademarks of this division, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. we'll get to trademarks here in a minute. So the Bengals have out, been outscored in those games by a combined score of 63 to 13. 63 to 13. Now, you might say, well, hey, the Browns have been outscored by those two teams by a combined score of 78 to 13. And I would say you're correct. But the Bengals are 0 2 against the Browns! We're 0 2 against the team that got outscored by that many points against the Steelers and the Ravens. We can't beat the Browns either. Oh, but you can beat the Titans. Did you see them on Thursday night? They lost by 17 at home. That win should have happened against the Titans. Okay, so let's look at some numbers from yesterday's game. In Pittsburgh, aside from the score. Um, so, Ben Roethlisberger is how old? 38? Mm, yes. 27 to 46 for 333 yards and four touchdown passes. We made him look like he was 28. 38 years old. Juju Smith Schuster, nine receptions, 77 yards and a touchdown. Deontay Johnson, six for 116 and one touchdown. Chase Claypool, four receptions for 56 yards and two touchdowns. Oh, but then, but then let's go to um the uh the drive chart because this is where you can actually get a lot of how this game went. So the Bengals had five possessions start inside their own 20-yard line. Five possessions. Their average starting field position was the 21-yard line. The Steelers, on the other hand, their average field position was their own 36. That's 15 yards. That's worth a personal foul. 
That's how big of a difference that is. Oh, and the Steelers, in case you're wondering, they had only two drives of their 14 start in their own 20-yard line. The Bengals had five of 14. And oh, by the way, the Bengals punted nine times yesterday with five three and outs, including their first three possessions of the game. This is where, by the way, you had um, two weeks to get ready with the reigning Heisman Trophy quarterback. You, you, you know what's funny? Didn't you watch him at Alabama last year? You're a big Joe Burrow fan, Preston, oh, right? Yep. And didn't he didn't he win road games at Alabama and at Texas? Yeah. <gasps> so it's not out of the question that he can win these kinds of games. More on that in a minute. Okay, and then and then look at we we can go through the play by play, and the number or the uh, what what should we call it? The the results of the plays. So. Pittsburgh's first touchdown drive, 46 yards, 16 yards, 12 yards, were the three plays and how much they totaled each of them. Not very good. Let's go to their next touchdown drive, where we have 15, 24, and then a touchdown on third down. Then we have, on their field goal drive, we have 18, 24, 17. These big chunk plays. What are we doing here? Are we... Well, you know, there's this uh, recommendation from the Centers of Disease Control uh, that tells us to socially distance to help prevent the spread of coronavirus. Well, if you're, if you're trying to do that, you might as well not even play the game because, listen, we're playing to win the game here. You had weathered a COVID situation, and yeah, you only have three cornerbacks playing, but I'm sorry. Next man up. The Steelers had issues, and they looked as prepared as I've seen them all season. Okay, then we go to uh, their next touchdown drive where we have, oh, uh... 11, 8, 14, 12, 11, and then 11. And then we go, they end up getting a punt return down to the 15-yard uh, line where they get another touchdown. So then it's 36 to 10. That's bad in of itself. Then we go to the Bengals. I'm sorry for going on this tangent here. Oh, you're fine. But uh, and don't, worry, don't worry that you didn't watch the game yesterday. I, what, I'm doing is, what I'm doing is I'm not only doing this for myself, but I'm doing this for you. See, my personal... My personal Agenda benefits others here, okay? See, Preston doesn't watch the game yesterday. I fill him in by doing this, okay? So, 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 so let's continue. Let's continue, okay? So the Bengals yesterday, do you want to know, if you had to guess, Preston Stober, what was their third down conversion success rate yesterday? I don't, I don't think I want to know. Uh, if you had to guess, I, I want to hear your guess. 30. 30%. Hmm. That's actually not bad. Um, okay. The Bengals yesterday on third down, for the record, went, ready for this? Oh, for 13. Wow. Meaning, <laughs> meaning, wow. they did not convert a single third down yesterday. And this was just after going 10 for 15 against the Titans. But remember, Preston, what I said on the, react on the first half reaction show last week, that you're not playing the same team every week. And the great teams, what they're able to do is that they can figure out how to be successful against any team they play week in and week out. Listen, you're not facing the Titans every week. You're not facing the Jaguars every week. You're facing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And by the way, let's talk about Zach Taylor for a minute. You know what? Do, do, do you have anything you wanted to mention here before I go on another long rant about Zach Taylor? From anything that I have just said, which was a lot, by the way. Well, I mean, I just kind of wanted to touch on the fact, and I mean, I, I this was, it was a, a disappointing game. The Bengals were... were kind of destroyed in every single facet of the game. It really was not pretty. Um, and I didn't even watch it. And I can I can still say that. But um, 
<laughs> Here's what I'll say about Pittsburgh is that if you look at what they've done this year, they may be undefeated. They have had close games against the Giants, Broncos, Texans, Eagles, Cowboys, and that one was really disappointing. That one really cost some eyes when they were close again. It was a close game against the Cowboys. I think that the Bengals, even coming off a bye, this is what I was kind of scared of before the game, is that the Steelers, they wanted, I think they wanted this. They did not, they, I think they, they have gotten a little bit more disrespect than an 8-0 team before this week should because of those close games. And I think that the Steelers really came out and they did not want it. They, they were kind of done with that. And the Bengals caught the brunt of it and they really did not do anything to retaliate, I don't think. Um, and I think that really played a part in this. I mean, if you look, Ben Roethlisberger had a, had a great game. I mean, he had a good game. He, he was the big Ben of old almost. And, I mean, the, the run, their rushing game was not good, but, I mean, they didn't need it with how good their passing game did. And uh, that, that, you just can't let that happen. You can't let that happen, especially if you're the Bengals. You're coming all, you have the momentum. You have a lot of momentum off the Tennessee game and then a bye week. Um, and then you're, you're, you're looking good coming into four very, very winnable games in a row. And then you let this happen. So this was very disappointing. Um, but I do, I do think that the Steelers had so much motivation coming into this game just based off the close games that they'd had in the past. And this was a big win for the Steelers. Uh, and I, I think they really came into this game trying to prove a point. They did. They certainly did. And don't we, always, don't we see it every single time these two teams get together, particularly the previous 11 games? Justin and I mentioned this on Friday's show, how every single time the Steelers appear to be the Bengals' big brother, and nowhere on the team is a retaliation induced. The Steelers, you mentioned their close games that they have had. The most wins any of their opponents that you mentioned have so far this season is three, and they were not even dominating them. So why is it that the Bengals, who I thought before yesterday's game, were better than their record showed at 2-5-1, and one, and now you're telling me the next four games are winnable. So we could be 6-6-1 six, six, and one going into the next Steelers game on Monday Night Football five weeks from tonight. And by that time, I will not have consumed one iota of Heinz ketchup after my uh, <laughs> self-induced ban that started today, which if you did not see on Instagram, um, effective as of about 10.30 this morning, I decided to put a discontinuation on my consumption of Heinz ketchup. And I, mi- and I might not be done there. I might be switching banks, too, if I can somehow figure that out. Let me be very, very clear about what I'm about to say here. I am now officially, and and I don't think he can do anything to prove my to prove me wrong anymore. Because what other opportunities are there for this man? Zach Taylor is not the right man to be the head coach of the Cincinnati Bengals. He's not even the right man to be a coordinator, let alone a head coach, which oversees all facets to the game. Um. Okay. So his, so his buddy, his friend, his friend Lou Anarumo. Let's look at the 2015 Dolphins stats here. We'll start there. We'll start with the 2015 Miami Dolphins and their defense, coordinated by Lou Anarumo and Kevin Goyle. Now, I'm not sure when Lou Anarumo took over as the defensive coordinator for the Dolphins, but we look at the defensive numbers that they gave up. Let's see. Mm. 
428 and 425 from weeks three and four. Total yards given up. 437, 420, 436, 411, 429, 442. That's not good. It's not. Oh, and then uh, rushing yardages. Uh, one, two. They gave up 266 rushing yards in one game. And then passing. Oh, 342, 353, 337. Really? So then, so Lou Anarumo comes here to coordinate this defense. And what has he done? Nothing. He's done nothing. And Zach Taylor, um, who prior to the Tennessee game became the first head coach in the history of the National Football League out of only three to have a 3-19-1 a, a, a record through his first 23 games and coach the 24th game, which he won that game. And I give him some credit. But this win brought him back down to earth. He is 4-20-1. 4-20-1. Not only that, 1-9 in the division. 0-4 this year including 0-2 against the Browns, who lost to these same two teams as badly as the Bengals did. And Zach Taylor, oh, by the way, his career record on the road, 0-12-1. You cannot tell me that Zach Taylor deserves to be the head coach of this football team. You know, the point was, Last week, I said, you know, it might be good to keep Zach Taylor around for the development of Joe Burrow. No, it's not. He needs a head coach who can develop him and call plays better. That's what we, that's what we need here. And you better make this decision right. Because if you, if you make the wrong decision, and let's say you, you, A, you keep Zach Taylor and the development doesn't come against these elite teams, no less. Or B, you make the wrong decision by letting him go, but then hiring the wrong head coach, and you're going to do the same thing over and over and over again. This decision coming up. If the Bengals are even considering making this decision, this decision better be made the right way. And the right way is to get rid of Zach Taylor and get a qualified person, not a quarterback's coach, but an offensive coordinator, a defensive coordinator maybe, who has had experience at least running one whole side of a team. Not a positions group. A side of the football. I am very, very sorry. We have a friend who's in class, so I have to chill out apparently. Um, thank you, Sean. Um, that, that probably <laughs> saved me from going on even further tangent where I was probably going to stand up on the pool table and say something. Okay. Um, so, yeah. And you know what else, too? It might be good to get a head coach who knows how to win in this division. Jonathan Vilma, who was the Fox color analyst yesterday, brought up a great point throughout the game that the Bengals aren't built to win in the division, and they never have been. The Steelers and the Ravens are the tone setters for this division. And we can't play with them. We can't even play with the Browns. They have figured it out. Why are they able to come up with this great game plan with a pie week to do so? And we can't come up with a great game plan because of the coaching staff that we have. It's not very good. Zach Taylor proved... The Bengals had an opportunity yesterday to prove that, yes, they can at least compete with these teams. Instead, what we saw yesterday 
was that they are still light years away. And that's with Joe Burrow. And I'm not going to blame him. I'm not going to blame a rookie quarterback. I can't do it. And that's with the talented offense. And you're only able to muster 10 points a week after the Cowboys with a practice squad quarterback was able to muster 19 and possibly should have had more. Is that what we're being told here? They might be, they might can you can you justify in any way why Zach Taylor deserves to be the head coach of this football team? Because I sure as hell cannot. I really cannot justify any reason for why he should be. I can maybe justify reasons for why we shouldn't get rid of him. But even those, I really don't know at this point. I mean, at this point, if you're, if you, it all comes down to this, Alex. It comes down to winning games, and if you can't do that, you shouldn't be the head coach. I mean, and I mean, it's. What do you want to do? Do you want do you want to keep him? Do you not want to keep him? And I I could see either way. Um, I know you want to get rid of him. I mean, I could see I could, I could really see either way at this point. Um, if you want to keep him for the development, if you want to get rid of him right now, it, it, I I really I really don't know. I mean, I'm not the guy making this decision, and I'm I'm kind of happy I'm not. But I think that the three names that we have brought up the most this whole season in the coaching staff is Jim Turner, Luana Rumo, and Zach Taylor, and. Um, and, and uh, Jim Turner, I, th- I think he's he's kind of getting it figured out a little bit on the offensive line. Now, this offensive line is a long way from perfect. Long way. Yesterday was not a great opportunity, but I think they're kind of working with or a, a great job yesterday. But I think they're kind of working with what they have right now, and I think they're not doing a bad job of it. And I think he's not doing bad. And then you go over to the defense, Lou Anarumo, complete opposite. This defense is, is falling apart every week. I mean, we, we see it just all the time. I mean... And, Last, and, and wasn't this uh, wasn't this after an off season where we spent about 150 million dollars yeah. to upgrade the defense? Yeah, and I mean, I mean the defense just hasn't hasn't done much at all. I mean the Titans game was not a bad was not was not a bad showing by the defense. The Browns the, both of the Browns games were just don't even want to talk about those. The comeback against the Colts <laughs> awful awful yeah. defensive effort. The Ravens game I mean we talked about not bad, but also I mean you you said <laughs> Lamar Jackson was hurt a little bit in that game. I mean there was some outline yeah, don't, factors. Don't, don't 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 let that game fool you. Yeah. So I mean I, I mean Louis Anarumo has just not done much for this defense. I mean this defense is is not proving themselves any like any game. And I mean we even we even have some some guys on this defense that are some dogs I would say. Some guys that can really play football. Yeah. I mean we I mean we we have one of the guys that people are saying might be the best safety in the NFL. I mean there are some guys that are good. It's just the defense as a whole is not and I yeah. think that's kind of the problem right now. And I mean, if you if you can't coach this defense to at least be a acceptable defense, a at least good good ish can hold their own defense, then Lou Anarumo, I am I'm not impressed by him at all. Zach Taylor, I will say the thing about him, I am very impressed about the locker room. I still I still come back to that fact. The car, getting getting uh, uh, Carlos Dunlap out of there, and I I think that that really impressed me. The fact that he got the locker room together. So that's why I'm not ready to completely fire him right now. But there is some things that I think are just very, very questionable about Zach Taylor. And I hope he can fix them. Um, But there's just really no way of telling, especially after a loss like this. And like I said, in the end, it all comes down to winning football games. Yes, it comes down to winning football games or at least being competitive. If the game yesterday had been, let's say, 29-20, to we're sitting here today... Encouraged, okay? And look, the first half of the game yesterday, the Steelers get a, fu- get a fumbled punt return, 
they get another fumble that that killed a promising drive, and they get some penalties to help. The first half, despite it being as bad as it was, the Bengals were still in the football game. I was like, okay, get a score here. You have a chance. But then the second half happened. And Joe Burrow, I mean, he was not good in the second half. I'm going to say it. He was not good. It was the first time all season where he he looked rattled. Maybe he was hurt. He was. He was rattled. But this is where the development comes into play. I know Joe Burrow is going to bounce back. Remember remember the first Alabama game he played? And you were there. You, was there. you were there. You were in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. How was he that first game when they lost that, 29 nothing? That game was just devastating throughout. And it was they couldn't get anything going offensively. And then towards the end of the game, I remember, and this is what really sticks with me, especially through last year when Joe Burrow had that amazing season. They drove down the field, and Joe Burrow threw, and it really didn't even matter at that point. There was like eight minutes left in the game. They were down 29 nothing. really didn't matter. And Joe Burrow threw an interception, and it was like at that moment, like he threw an interception in the end zone, about at the 15-yard line going in or something. And I remember thinking, like, wow, like we couldn't even get that. We couldn't even get that going. And, th- yeah, then, I mean, uh, and to your point, bounces back. And that was on the road at Tuscaloosa last year. Yeah. 390-some yards and three touchdowns. I think he had a rushing touchdown that game, too. I should know this because that was his coming out party. But what I'm saying is I trust Joe Burrow to do the things that he needs to do as an individual to develop. I mean, we saw it. We saw it after the Ravens game. The Colts game, take away the interception he threw. He was spectacular that game. The Browns game, he was great in both those games. He might that might get lost in the shuffle because the defense was so pathetic. But the first game, he was really good, and then the second game, take away the interception in the end zone and the strip sack by Miles Garrett, he played about as well as you could possibly play between between this year with the Bengals and last year at LSU, and that's saying something. So I have no doubt that he's going to develop as a quarterback. The problem is. The problem is, and this is a point Colin Coward brought up years ago, this is a league where you need to get your quarterback first, then your head coach. And the problem is, I don't think Zach Taylor is the guy. But the but, but what you're saying with the locker room, that is an important aspect here. Okay? That is an important aspect here. Because yes, winning takes care of a lot of things. But if your locker room is divided... And these are grown men playing a man's game that not that have that also have you know other you know um, they have other areas of their lives that they're focused on. They have families. They have you know their charities. They have you know maybe they are an advocate for a movement, whatever social social opinions, political opinions. At the end of the day, these are grown men. This is what they do for a living. But there's other aspects of life that come into play. And if you're not winning, or you have, or you don't have a united locker room, that can create a lot of conflicts. I give Zach Taylor immense credit for how he handled the Carlos Dunlap situation. And the Bengals won the next week. But the problem with this team, Preston, is this. They'll win one game, maybe two or three. That, um... Ooh, uh, Justin's, Justin's texting us, so 
I'll bring some comedy into this. So before <laughs> Preston and I came on today, um, our, our, our usual host, Justin, um, calls us, and he probably said more words to start letter F than other words. It's not my last name either. It's also not my stage name either. Okay. He's like, yeah, my landlord and this and that. I hope he has a place to stay in that. I'll just put it to you that way. So he just texts us about an update. You're you're reading it. I, I'm going on this tangent here. I got to concentrate here. I'll I'll get to that after the show. We got we're praying for you, Justin. Uh, he he's had a rough week. Yeah. He's had a rough weekend. The Bengals lose. His girlfriend's a Steelers fan. Not that that matters here. <laughs> I mean they they they're, they're I, I, Amelia's great. Um, I mean I, I respect Steelers fans. By the way, I respect the hell out of Steelers fans. So they're fine. They're going to Jacksonville next week for the Steelers Jaguars game. They're doing good. He's having a he's a, he's facing a little bit of adversity right now. <laughs> but unlike but unlike Zach Taylor and Lou Anarumo, he's going to make adjustments. Yep. Okay. Back to <coughs> excuse me. So the Bengals will have the Bengals. Preston will win this. Will win one game, particularly this year, where you think, oh my gosh, did you see this? If they do this well every game, they could be really good. They did this really well yesterday. I like this. Or hey, I didn't expect this guy to show up, but he did, and this could be game changing. And you get all excited, and you think about, okay, how can we be this team? And then if we win this game, it'll translate to a win here. And then, oh, it's going to be a Merry Christmas here in Cincinnati. And then they'll get humiliated by an elite team, and, and, and we go back to reality. It's a reality check. And that's what this game was yesterday against the Steelers. Because we talked about after the Titans game. Oh, you know, um, Joe Burrow can make the most of any situation. T. Higgins is this great rookie wide receiver. T. Higgins, by the way, had a great game yesterday. Mm -hmm. That man's a dark horse candidate for rookie of the year. Yeah. But you still have. But then there's this one game. It's just it's just a back to reality. There's never any consistency, and it's been that way since 1988. It's been that way since January 22nd or 23rd, whatever day it was, of 1989. Where everything can go so well, and then Joe Montana can lead the 49ers 92 yards, and it's a slap in the face of reality that the Bengals, it's like, what's that, um, what's that term in math called? Um, oh, what's it called? I forget it. It has to do with domain and range, and like the, the slope of the graph will never touch the line. It'll come this close. But it will never touch it. That's what the Bengals are. It's like I think it might be a best fit line. Maybe it's like not a math guy. Neither am I, and I'm still trying to figure this out here. Okay, so it's like here's the the here's this line of okay, we get over this hump here, we'll be this meaningful organization, or at least an organization that can that can win something here. But then they'll get tantalizingly close, and then you fall back to earth. That's what happened yesterday. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that is exactly what happened. And I think a lot of it, the inconsistency, I mean, that's really... This is, a, this um, is the weirdest show we've ever done, I feel like. I, I, think, I think so. <laughs> the inconsistency, I, I completely agree. That's the best way to explain it. And I think a lot of that has to do with a lot of young guys on this team. A lot. It's, it's, still, a newish, it's still a newer team. I mean, this is not a team that's been together for a long time. A lot of these guys have not been on a lot of organizations that really know how to win and if you look at the schedule 
the two losses to the Browns, the um, the the win against the Titans. These are those those are two pretty good teams, and the Bengals were still able to hang in there and even beat the Titans. I think a lot of it's because really the Browns have not really been in that situation of being a a really good team in the league. Titans really haven't been in there long. They've been a very solid team for a long time, but have not been one of the top teams. The Steelers and Ravens, I think those are two teams that are used to it. And they see a team in Cincinnati who is a little more inconsistent, a young team, and I think they just completely took advantage. Just completely took advantage of it. And I think that's kind of why you're seeing that. Now with the Bengals, it's a matter of, and this is why I'm not, um, I'm not, I'm not incredibly uh, distraught about this because I think that the Bengals really just need to learn more. They really need to learn more. They need to grow more. Um, and I think they have opportunities for that. This year, maybe, maybe it won't be that way. But next year, the year after, I hope they just continue to grow, keep this core together, this young core, continue to grow. And this year, I talk about it. I mean. Washington coming up, the Giants coming up, the Dolphins after that, who are a good team, but I think very beatable, kind of the same way, more of a younger team. The Cowboys definitely can win that one. The Steelers again, then the Texans, who the Browns just beat, and then the Ravens again. I think that the Bengals just need to continue to grow, continue to have a short-term memory from this game. I mean, as, as, as fans and as podcast anchors, we can, we can latch on to this game. We can talk about it. But if you're on the team, let it go, move on. Move on, grow from it. Grow from it. You, gotta, you just got to get better. Well, if only we're that simple. When, I mean, really, yeah, it, it, this is a... Um, and that's the thing. We look at the schedule coming up, and you, on one hand, you can be like, well, Washington's winnable, but the Bengals haven't won a road game under Zach Taylor. The Giants are winnable, and yet they've looked pretty good the last two weeks. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins going into the season, I'm, I'm like, that's a win. Um, they've won five in a row, and they've looked pretty good. Like Tua, who, by the way, anyone who says that Tua was, was the best quarterback coming out of last year's draft class, shut your mouth, okay? He was not. It was Joe Burrow, hands down. Not just for his play on the field, but for his moxie, his charisma, his personality, his whatever it is. Tua doesn't have that. Dallas, winnable game. And here's the thing. The, this, the one silver lining is this. 35 days from now, a.k.a. five weeks, we get the Steelers at home. That's your opportunity. If you're Zach Taylor... To prove that you do have the ability to respond. His only division win was against the Browns team whose head coach was essentially fired before the game began. Last year in the season finale. That was Freddie Kitchens. Zach Taylor still lost to him once last year. Just throwing that out there. If you were able to lead your team to victory in on national television against the Steelers on Monday Night Football five weeks after that performance yesterday. It's very easy to think that, yes, he's the right man for the job. That will make me feel like he could be. But there's so many other things. What has he done that makes you trust him? 
What has he done? He hasn't done much of anything. He's 420-1, he's 1-9 in the division, and he's 0-12-1 on the road. The biggest decision that the Bengals are going to have to make, maybe in franchise history, is, is Zach Taylor the right man for the job? And let me tell you this, if they lose to Washington next week, he should be at home having Thanksgiving with his family and not preparing for the Giants. And I am dead serious. There is no way with Joe Burrow, who is the Lord and Savior of this franchise, if he, if he's not surrounded with the right coaching staff, and we look at the Browns, I think they got it with Kevin Stefanski. They now have an identity. And we talk about trademarks, Preston, on the show. What's the Bengals' identity? Don't they have one or not? They don't. And they never have. Even when they were good, I brought this up. They were they were flashy. They were really good. They were entertainers. Entertainers don't win championships in this league. They might win you a division title. But even when the Bengals were those kinds of teams, it felt like a miracle to beat the Steelers. Because the Steelers, they play physical against every single team in the league. Same with the Ravens. They have an identity. Those two teams have set the tone for how this division is going to be. And since 2002, the Bengals have four division titles. So in 17 seasons, the Steelers and the Ravens have the other 13. It's no coincidence here, guys. And the Steelers, I believe, have the most. They won the division no 2, 4, 7, 8, 10, 14, 16, 17. They have 8. The Ravens have 5. So the Steelers, someone said it. They're the measuring stick here. And we can't even... And we. It's like we don't even belong on the same field. This is the reality. And the reality needs to change quick. Because Joe, we cannot fail Joe Burrow. This is this is this this is this franchise's last straw, and we're failing him right now. This coaching staff is this, this coaching staff is not right. Like, and, and here's the thing: I think you're seeing it with the moves the front office has made, like getting Tack McKinley. That that that, that did not happen in years prior. We're making moves personnel-wise. My hope is next we go to the coaching staff. Because this coaching staff, it's it's not even NFL-worthy. Like, look at the hires that were made last year. Freddie Kitchens, terrible. Adam Gase, LOL. Matt Patricia, at least the Lions have four wins. At least the Lions have won some games this year. Uh, Cliff Kingsbury. Are the Cardinals fun to watch or what? Yeah. How about that Hail Mary the other day? Yeah, no kidding. Matt LaFleur. Green Bay won 13 games last year. And I know, and I know it may not have been pretty. But you know what it was? 
They had coaching. They ran the football. Okay? So, who else was hired last year um, to be a rookie head coach? I'm trying to think. Um, or to be a head coach. I'm trying to remember who else. I mentioned Kitchens, <coughs> Gase, Lafleur, Patricia, Kingsbury, and Taylor. I think that's seven. I feel like there, I feel like there was another one, though. Oh, it was, um, it was Denver and Vic Fangio. That's, eh, that's not really working out. Contrary to how competitive Denver has been, they haven't won games. Again, winning takes care of everything. But this coaching staff is not the right fit here. And you can say, well, the defense doesn't affect Joe Burrow. Um, yeah, it does. Because if, if it doesn't affect Joe Burrow, then why did they, then why did they spoil a great performance that he put up against the Browns in week seven? This game, it's a back-to-earth game. And let me tell you something. Are you confident that the Bengals can win on Sunday at Washington? Yes. You're a lot more confident than I am. I think they will. But it's a road game. Washington has a pretty solid defensive front. And Alex Smith has been playing some good football the previous two weeks. And... I mean, we've we've seen this we've seen this team go up against average receiving cores, which I think the Washington football team has that, mm-hmm. and they make them look like world beaters. I mean, what what exactly are we doing in the week leading up to the game and figuring out how are we going to cover their their receiving core? This is all on coaching, and anyone tries to tell me you need to blame Joe Burrow more, no, I don't. Have you seen what Joe Burrow's done this season? Have you seen Joe Burrow every single week give his team an opportunity to win a game outside of two weeks? So in seven games this season, he's given the Bengals an opportunity to win. Only twice have they come up with the the W. And why is that? Because the defense actually actually did more than enough to, actually did just enough to win a football game. Don't let the Titans game fool you. The defense was still awful in that game. They just made plays. But if you're relying on your if you're relying on opportunity to win games defensively, it's not gonna get it done. Look at the Bearcats. Last year their defense was pretty good, but they relied too much on opportunity. This year they said, all right, we're simply not gonna allow you to gain any yards on us. And they limited SMU and Memphis to 300 yards in back-to-back weeks. Mm-hmm. That's that's winning football. They also have a pretty good coaching staff, too. This team, doesn't have, this team does not have it. They're not built to win. They're not even built to compete with the Steelers and Ravens. They can't even beat the Browns. The biggest decision that this, that this franchise in 52 seasons is going to have to make is, is Zach Taylor the right man for the job? And I don't think he is. What has he done to, what has he done to make you, th- you think that? And then, here's the problem. If they win, let's say, their next four games and then beat the Steelers on Monday Night Football, Mike Brown's immediately going to say, yep, he's the right guy for the job. But it's consistency that matters. That's what it is. I mean, the Broncos fired John Fox after a 12-4 and season. And the next year they won the Super Bowl because Gary Kubiak was able to do what John Fox could not do. It's not rocket science. It's not. Coaching matters. And this coaching staff, every single week, has been 
outcoached, particularly the defensive side. It's been terrible. Yeah, I mean, I honestly, I am not sure exactly what the right move with this coaching staff is. I see pros and cons of firing him right now, moving on, maybe riding out the rest of the year. But I will say this, Alex, in my honest opinion, the best football coaching staff in, since, in the city of Cincinnati is not the Bengals, in my honest opinion. I, I really do not think it is the Bengals, at least in the upper sides of the coaching staff, head coach, coordinators. Um, but, yeah, I just think that it's, it's going to be very interesting. And this is – you talk about failing Joe Burrow. Talk about failing T. Higgins. Talk about failing these young guys. This really solid core that needs to grow together and get better. What the right thing to do is, I am not 100% sure. If you lose to Washington, then I would probably be more on the side of firing Zach Taylor right now, moving on. If you get a couple wins, maybe ride out to the end of the year, see what happens. But I do not believe that Zach Taylor is the long-term option. That is a, that I definitely do not believe. But you can't wait till the end of the season to start evaluating whether or not he's the right man for the job. You can't do that. You can't. If they lose to Washington... He should be on the hot seat. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, we can we can go in circles here, but you have two weeks to prepare for the Steelers. I get it; they're really good, but the Cowboys are able to compete with them with a practice squad quarterback, and you can't compete with a Heisman Trophy winner who had maybe the greatest season of any quarterback in the history of college football. And you can't compete with the, with the weapons that you have. Do you realize that AJ Green did not have a catch yesterday? We haven't even mentioned that yet. AJ Green had zero catches yesterday. That means against the Ravens and the Steelers, two games combined this year, two game, two teams that he has torched over the years. He had. He has zero catches in those two games this season. And you can say, well, you said that you would rather invest in T. Higgins and that they also have guys like him and Tyler Boyd and whomever. Listen, A.J. Green is still a valuable member of this football team. And the coaching staff can't, get, can't find a way to get him heavily involved in the game. And it's been that way for years. Here's the thing. We need a coaching staff that can, yes, get the most out of these players, but understand this. As Jonathan Vilma said yesterday, it starts within your division. Because if you win games in your division, that means you're going to win your division, most likely, and that means you're going to get a home playoff game. But you need to build to who the division is. The Browns, who were a laughingstock for years, they've done that. And the Bengals have not. That's what happens when we've let guys like Andrew Whitworth, Domata Pecco, Leon Hall, um, Kevin Zeitler, and Quinn Bowling retired. But that's what happens when we let when we let guys go and we don't, you know, we don't be aggressive in building our team and keeping players who are integral parts to success of teams in the past. That's the problem here, Preston. We don't do that. We need a coaching staff that can get the most out of this team and also compete in the division. Now, you can say, well, your candidates aren't from the AFC North. 
I have a funny feeling that they study the game of football and that they also and that they know how this division is run. Brian Schoenheimer went up against it last year. So did Brian Dabble of the Bills. And then Eric Bieniemy has faced this division recently. He knows what it's like. He played for the Bengals. There's the answer. Why can't we, why can't we do the obvious things? If we as fans see it, why can't the front office see it? I mean, I I agree. I think that I, I I like I said, Alex. I see both ways. I don't think that Zach Taylor is the long term option. I'm just I, the only thing, and the only thing I think we disagree on right now, not really disagree, just see a little bit differently. Is I don't know if I'm completely ready to give up on him yet, just because of his how young he is, how young this team is. But also, I can see moving on from him right now. I see it both ways, and like I said, I'm kind of happy I'm not the one making the decision right now. But whatever they do, you you are right. If they fire Zach Taylor, the next guy has to be the right guy. You cannot go through all of this again and let these let Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, this young core grow that much older with a coach that is not the long term. The next guy will be the biggest decision that they make in the, in, the in their entire franchise history. Yes, it, I mean, it, and and that decision might mean that Zach Taylor is the right man for the job, but he hasn't proven anything yet. And what other what other opportunities does he have to do that? He had one against the Browns, couldn't do it. He had one at the Ravens, couldn't do it. Could not even hold a twenty-one point lead at Indianapolis. Revenge game against the Browns, could not win that. At the Steelers yesterday, could not do that. I mean, we can't even beat the Chargers, who are two and seven. We can't, we can't even beat Philadelphia, who lost to the Giants. What is? What are we doing here? We it it it, it, it it's a matter of consistency, and like I said, doing the same things, week in and week out, that win you football games. And getting better, you had two weeks to prepare for this team for this game, and, and 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 you give that performance, and then there's this. I didn't even mention this. Why was Joe Burrow in the game at the end of the game yesterday? I get it if Joe Burrow says I'm not a quarter. That's great. I love that. You as head coach have to say, listen, you're banged up already. There's no point in you being out there. And then what? We're gonna fake a punt and go down the field and then kick a field goal just to get some points and feel good about ourselves? Which there might be some justification to that, but it's just the wrong thing to do. It's the wrong thing to do. What is this coaching staff doing? It's it, it's doing nothing, quite frankly. I mean, you know what would make me say, all right, Zach Taylor, you, you for the rest of the year, what would make me say, you know what, maybe he is. Maybe we should ride with him. You know what I want to see? I want to see when the games you should, and then create noise somewhere else. Beat Washington, beat New York, beat Dallas, beat Houston. That's four wins. That's six wins on the year. Which would be a, a, a solid win total. Yeah, exactly. And, and then I want, but that's not enough for me. If you win the games you should, that's still not enough. I want to see an upset against my, a playoff team, Miami, St- Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Win one of those. And not Baltimore seven. that's resting their players in the final week of the season. Exactly, yeah. That, that, that's a different story right there. If you get to seven wins... Say Baltimore's still clawing. Like right now, they lost to the Patriots. They're, they're clawing for a playoff spot. Say they're clawing for a playoff spot at the end. The Bengals knock them off. 
that's huge. You get up to seven wins, and right now, I mean, at, sitting at two six and one, coming off a blowout loss, that sounds a little bad. But I mean, when you look at it, this is a this is a very, very good looking schedule coming up here at the end. And I want to see just the Bengals take full advantage of it. The coaching staff kind of turn this around, make it just make a kind of a turnaround season. I think that the Bengals still have a great opportunity to kind of make this the turnaround season that we wanted them to. Yeah, but then, but but then, basically, if, if the Bengals do win the games they're supposed to win, and then maybe win at Miami, compete with the Steelers at home, win that game preferably. I mean, the Steelers could be thirteen and zero by that point. Mm-hmm. They honestly could be thirteen and zero. But you, I mean, now if you beat both Miami and Pittsburgh, plus those four wins, you're up to eight. That's a winning season. Yeah. Then I can say, okay, bring back Zach Taylor under the condition. That if he does not consistently win big games next year, I'm talking going at least ten and six and getting into the playoffs. He's gone for year four. You have to get the the coaching staff right while Joe Burrow is under the rookie contract, and Joe Burrow is the guy. He's gonna he's gonna have his humbling experiences. I'm not blaming him for yesterday. In the first half, I thought he was actually pretty solid. I can't blame Joe Burrow for yesterday's game. I simply will not do it. I can certainly blame this coaching staff. When I know that these players are talented, I mean, T. Higgins has had an unbelievable previous four weeks. Going back to the Colts game, 6 for 125. The Browns game, a touchdown. The Titans game, he was fantastic. The Steelers game yesterday, he was fantastic. T. Higgins is going to be... I mean, he's going to have a great career here. He and Joe Burrow could be one of the best tandems in the NFL. The problem is, if we don't have the coaching staff to coach this team the way it should be, and and look, Marvin Lewis did turn this franchise around. I mean, before Palmer's knee injury, and I do think that has a psychological effect that has lasted for 15 years. You think about, you think about what that before that game, Preston. They beat the Steelers on the road in Week 13. And they won the division. That was their signature win of the franchise to that point. They had had that one game that they needed to win. And that was their arrival. That yes, they can't compete with the Steelers. Who were the gold standard in in the division. And then Palmer's knee injury happened. And the Bengals have never been the same since then. Only three division titles... And yeah, they had some good teams, but again, what was their identity? They didn't have one. Teams who win in this league have an identity. It's the bottom line. The Ravens have an identity. They're a run, they're a run the ball offensive team, and there are certainly their trademark is defense. The Steelers, we're gonna be physical with you, both on both sides of the ball. We're not gonna be pretty offensively, but we're gonna do the necessary things and we're gonna occasionally hit that big play. The Steelers are well coached. And they, here's the thing too, Preston. So at the end of the first half yesterday, Bud Dupree decides to, you know, kind of run Joe Burrow out of bounds and run him into the bench. It should have been a 15-yard penalty. I'm willing to bet you, and I'm sure there have been stories written about this. I don't know, but I imagine there could have been. That the coaching staff probably says to the Steelers defensive players, hey, take a 15-yard penalty because we know we can stop this team even if we happen to be penalized. That's why they're not afraid to do dirty things and illegal things on the field. Because they know they're good. 
That's that, that that goes into their trademark. We don't have a trademark here in Cincinnati. Yeah, and I mean, I think that you, obviously that's step one. Step one is get a trademark. And Alex, I mean, I think it's something that the Bengals need to do. You talk about getting to the playoffs. When they win a playoff game with this core, that's when I will say, all right, we can start looking for a trademark at this point. You have to get there. You have to, you, Alex. I think this is the core to do it. I really do. And obviously. I mean, the coaching staff, a lot of questions there, but you still look at it, this is the core to do it. And also, I want to talk about, you talk about Joe Burrow. How about that quarterback draft class, what this is coming into? Tua, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Now, that is looking like a very impressive draft class just in the last couple weeks. Yeah, no kidding. Incredible. Um, They even saw a comparison to the Manning, Rivers, um, who who was Roethlisberger. Roethlisberger, yes, draft class. Incredible one, but yeah, I think that this is the this is the dra- this is the core to do it. Figure out the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Just end this year. Move past this game as it was ugly. You have another. You have a redemption game against the Steelers. Even if you don't win that game, compete in that game. Make come down to the wire. Earn some respect against your divisional foes. This is the, this is still a season where the Bengals can still turn it around. Win some games. Figure out their coaching situation, even still get some still get some guys in the draft that they need to cover some of these holes on this team. And you know what? I think that this is a team that in the next couple years, my hope is still completely there. My my outlook is still very very positive on the next couple years of this franchise, even with a, a, yeah. a bad looking loss and looking like. They might go winless in the division. But this is the cycle that we're in because we have a loss like this, and we'll you know rant and rave and then we'll just be mad for 24 hours and then we do the show we hash it all out and then we get, get to the end we're like well you know there are some positives like after the Ravens game it's like well the Colts are a beatable team the Browns are a winnable game Titans who knows but then we then lose again the next week and we do the same thing over and over and over again like we need to start winning here that's what we need to do now you know I look. I I think you're right. There are some opportunities. Here. We have to look at that. At the end of the day, there are some opportunities here, but you just you got to give advantage of them. Mm-hmm. And I think with that, we will conclude today's show. There, uh, for Preston Stober, I'm Alex Frank. This has been the Bearcast Media Bengals Weekly Reaction Show. Preston, you and I will be back on Friday as we preview the Bengals game at the Washington Football Team. Yes, their team name is the Football Team. <laughs> Welcome to 2020. Thank you for listening.